Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Betting, a Sports Garden Network production. We are your source for sports entertainment and credible sports intelligence. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting. I am Tom Barton. Guys, go check us out over at sportsgarten.com, G-A-R-T-E-N. You want to get in touch with us at sportsgarten, G-A-R-T-E-N, over on all the social media handles, hashtag S-G-N. Week 11 is here, and let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. That seems to be the prevailing thought, right? Uh, We have a lot of snow in Buffalo, and people start to see the snow, and they start to automatically bet the under. That number has dropped already four points on the total. I warn you, though, it's not the snow that you worry about. It is the wind. I'm seeing 18 to 20 mile per hour gusts of wind in Buffalo. Also supposed to be about 32 degrees in Green Bay for the Thursday night game. Not much wind there, but we'll start. We'll talk about that. Look, Green Bay snapped a five-game losing streak. They're a three-point favorite against Tennessee. Rodgers does really well when it's cold, under 35 degrees. He's 10-1. and It is supposed to be frigid. But one thing that you look at is that the cold doesn't bother the cold doesn't bother Derrick Henry anyway. Yeah, it doesn't at all. Derrick Henry's going to run the ball, and he's going to run the ball effectively here. He's second in the NFL in rushing. For the last five weeks, he's had over 100 yards rushing. Last week against a really good Denver defense, they stacked the box. They held him to 53. Now he's going to come back for more revenge here. And the Packers are just one of seven teams in the league that are allowing more than 140 yards per game on the ground. I think Derrick Henry runs all day. If you want a prop play, Derrick Henry over 97 yards makes a lot of sense for Thursday. Let's go into the Sunday slate of games. Bears, Falcons, Bears, three-point underdog here. The total is lifted from 48.5 up to 50.5, and and it's all about Justin Fields. What else can we say about this guy? He is just absolutely fantastic. In the last two weeks, he has combined for 290 passing yards, 29 completions, 325 rushing yards, 28 carries. He is just absolutely fantastic. You look at it, he has two of the top eight all-time single-game rushing totals, 178 two weeks ago, 147 last week, right? He actually became, in week nine, the first player in NFL history to have two or more rushing touchdowns, two or more passing touchdowns, 100 rushing yards. The Bears are absolutely a fun team. But while they're a fun team and he's running all over the place, they lost again. I mean, that you know, the Bears lost again. They lost at home. Why? Their defense is just pathetic. When you go get rid of your best middle linebacker and the captain of your team, oh, by the way, and your best defensive end and the other captain of your defense, you're going to have a downturn. They can't stop anybody. So while you look at this and you go, oh, yeah, for the past month, the Bears have been scoring about 30 points per game, or more than 30 points per game. They've also been giving up that much, and that was against the Lions. Yeah, speaking of the Lions, well, the Falcons' defense – They're second worst to only the Lions, giving up 400 yards per game this season. That is a problem. We watched what Justin Fields and company did against them. One thing to note here with Atlanta, yeah, they are surrendering the third most touchdowns on the ground. They get crushed on the ground. But Khalil Herbert's going to be out. And that's no small outage here by the Bears. Not a small guy missing because Herbert was having an effective role in this offense. Cowboys, Vikings. 47.5 47.5 is the total. This is about a one, one and a half point spread. The Cowboys have gone over four of the last five games. The Vikings, they play every game close. They've been down five of the last seven games with about five minutes to go in the game. They've won 
each of their last seven games during their seven-game win streak by eight points or less. It's a one-score contest every single time. But they've been doing it with a lot of Justin Jefferson. The Cowboys, they've allowed fourth-fewest passing yards in the NFL this year. So it'll be a good matchup if they decide to take it. I don't think that they want to take it. I don't think that they should take it. It should be the Dalvin Cook feasting all-day kind of game. The Cowboys, they've given up the fourth-most rushing yards at 143 yards per game. The Cowboys can be run on. Their defense is absolutely fantastic. There's no doubt that this defense is really good. But you can run on this defense, and by running on them, you can open up the pass downfield. The Cowboys, they're going to try to run also. Pollard looked really good, but the Vikings defense has shown that they are really good. One thing we can count on, death taxes and Bill Belichick beating the New York Jets. The Patriots are three-point favorites against the Jets. Now, the Jets are 5-1 against the spread in the last six games. They've looked really good. Everybody loves them. Oh, that's great. New England has now won 13 straight in the series. Yeah, they beat them in week eight. Zach Wilson threw three interceptions in that game in a loss. And you look at Zach Wilson, who is now 0-3 all-time against the Patriots. He has seven interceptions, a QB rating of 50.5. Bill Belichick is now 53-5 and in home games where the other team is starting a first- or a second-year quarterback. Zach Wilson is in for a long day there. Raiders, Broncos, three-point favor are the Broncos here. The Raiders and the Broncos are both absolute messes. I mean, who's done a worse job at coaching? Vegas has failed to cover the last three, so he's crushing sports books. And, and look, uh, sports, uh, sports betters, I should say, and helping the sports books there in Vegas. Josh McDaniels, first head coach, first time. He won the first six games. He was 6-0. and after that, in his next two stints, he's gone 31 games, 7-24. and 24. The Broncos, though, who knows what to make of them. They are really good offense, a really good defense, and a terrible offense. They have given up the fewest points in the NFL, but they've also scored the fewest points in the NFL. It's the first time since 1946 that's happened. I think you got to look at the Broncos here and just say, at least they have one unit that you feel comfortable about. Two weeks ago, Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, all that money paid to them to get to the quarterback, zero touches on the quarterback. That's a problem. Eagles, Colts, Eagles, this line was 10, 10 and a half. It's come down since then, but it's still on the road against the Colts. How much do you believe in Jeff Saturday making his first home debut? Well, I'll tell you what, they looked different. This team, this offensive line looked different. The offensive line had their second best PFF run blocking grade of the season. They allowed only one sack. Jonathan Taylor had the most usage and snaps, the second most in his career, the most usage of the year, the most carries uh, since week one, the most yards since week one. So maybe Jeff Saturday did find the formula. What I do know is that all of a sudden, the Eagles, they were not looking too good. The Eagles, another double-digit failure. That's two weeks in a row. They failed to cover as double digits, and they were run all over. You can hear this continuing theme. The Eagles allowed 144 rushing yards to the Steelers three weeks ago. Houston, 168 two weeks ago, 152 last week. That is a problem. And now they go face Jonathan Taylor, who looks really good. I think that the Colts can keep this one close. Browns, Bills, I mentioned it. Supposed to be two feet of snow dumped on the Buffalo area between Thursday night and Sunday. Uh, But it's the winds. Like I said, 18 to 25 miles per hour or so. The spread was six and a half, and then Josh Allen looked okay, so it went all the way up to eight and a half or nine. Cleveland has scored the 10th most points in the league, but they have given up the second most points. You don't look at Cleveland and think of their bad defense, but their defense has been pretty bad. You think this is going to be a Nick Chubb game. You you want them to kind of keep that into that realm, but you know what? I don't know if you're going to be able to. You're going to have to chase Josh Allen. 
Panthers, Ravens, biggest spread of the week, 12-point spread for the Ravens. Ravens are getting healthy, guys. Gus Edwards is coming back. Mark Andrews is coming back. The Ravens are coming off of a bye week, so they're getting healthy. They've had time to prepare. Now they face off against Baker Mayfield because all of a sudden Walker went down and he's injured. I like Devontae Foreman. I do. I don't think he can do enough to keep this game close, but close is not what the Ravens uh, you know, are, are being big spreads, not what the Ravens usually do. They usually stay close in this game. I don't love laying the 12, but I think the Ravens are an easy win here. Rams, Saints, can't do anything until we know the quarterbacks. Right now, there's a lot of conversation that James Winston will be the quarterback against Andy Dalton. I guess that sort of doesn't matter. But Matthew Stafford, that certainly matters. Cooper Cup is out with the ankle injury. He may come back later on in the season, but it might not matter. The Rams season might be done and buried by that point. So Matthew Stafford has to come back. He's in concussion protocol. We don't know if he's going to come back or not. If he comes back, look, I could see the Rams making their kind of last-ditch effort here. You know what? Got to win or else our season's over. But why rush Matthew Stafford back might be the better sentiment, and certainly why rush Cooper Cup back. Washington looked great on Monday night. Now they're laying about three points against the Texans. Look, it's an emotional letdown game no matter what. It's going on the road. After a Monday night game, sure. It's also a short week, yes. It's also against Philadelphia, oh yeah. But I just can't have any faith in the Texans. Look, the Texans are in every game this year, right? They've led four times this season. They've tied once. They've trailed by a touchdown four times. They're in every single game this year. You look at certain bright spots. A guy like Derek Stingley, 20 coverage stacks, three targets, two receptions allowed for nine yards. He can shut a team down, or at least a team's wide receiver down. Washington also... Look, I don't feel great about this team. They ran the ball 44 times against the Eagles. And you go, ah, that's great, okay? That's not including the quarterback, which added a couple. But it ran the ball 44 times. But they only had a 3.2 yards per carry. It was third downs. They were 12 and 21 on third down. They got it done on third down. Here's why I can't take the Texans, though. Davis Mills has looked terrible. He looks like the guy that was drafted to be a backup quarterback, not a starting quarterback. He's got a lower completion percentage than he did as a rookie. He's got a worse uh, passer rating than he did as a rookie. His third downs have been absolutely terrible. They're, Houston's converting 31% of the third downs. They are 22nd in touchdown percentage in the red zone. You just can't take them here. Although, again, it's an emotional letdown spot for Washington. Lions, Giants, New York and Tennessee have the best record against the spread at 7-3. and three. The Giants, minus 3.5. They're at home. You can't expect the Lions to win three games in a row, can you? Or two games in a row on the road. No, but they have looked good. And the Giants have been able to get run on quite a bit. And, you look at the Lions and Williams and maybe Swift is starting to get healthy. He did score a touchdown last week. There's enough of a enough of an intrigue there to make me stay away from this game. Bengals, Steelers. Bengals are five and a half point favorites. Guys, this game I gave you in week one. It was one of my biggest plays of the NFL season this year. I had them on the money line, and they won Pittsburgh, won 23-20 as a seven-point underdog in week one. And it was all because T.J. Watt absolutely harassed the Bengals. Joe Burrow's going to get killed. He's on pace to get sacked 70 times this year. Now this team is also without Jamar Chase, and we know that I've mentioned this many times. Mike Tomlin, since he's entered the league, is the fifth-best coach all time in getting points at home against the spread. He just does really well in this spot. Look, he's one of the best coaches at getting points, period, but at home it's even more. It's a division rival game, and you look at the Bengals, you go, maybe Joe Mixon has a huge game, and he just runs it all day and just beats the Seals. But I love the fact that T.J. Watt is back. I'm starting to like what I'm watching on this offense. I think it's a lot of points to be giving up in this spot. Chiefs, Chargers. I mean, it's Chiefs are nothing here, even though the Chargers look good. Six and a half point spread. Now, the Chargers are on a short week, relatively speaking, but not really. <laughs> right? Because it's Sunday night to Sunday night. 
But the Chargers are in a spot where the Chiefs have won the last five road games against the Chargers. They come in, and the Chargers' big problem here is that you could run on them, but they did do an effective job against the San Francisco 49ers. But can the Chiefs run? Look, I don't believe in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who got no snaps last week, and Pachanko and McKinnon's more of a pass-catching back. They can't run the ball. It's the same problem the Chiefs have had for a while. As far as the run defense, yeah, they can't stop the run either. But can the Chargers run? I think that the answer to this game and who you like is do you believe that the Chargers can effectively make some sort of running attack, which they haven't been able to do much this year, or can the Chiefs run the ball effectively? Whoever can run the ball effectively is going to really be the winner here and can actually run away with it if the Chiefs can do it. Mike Williams might also come back. That's something to watch for the Chargers. Finally, Niners, Cardinals, Monday Night Football. Again, it's a seven-and-a-half point spread. You can't make a real good estimation on this game unless you really get into is Kyler Murray playing. He's got a hamstring injury. So even if he plays, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to actually finish the game. That's a problem. Hamstring injuries are a little tricky, especially for runners, and that's what Kyler Murray is. He's a runner. I like San Francisco. I like what San Francisco does, but I worry about Kyle Shannon maybe getting into his own head, right? I worry that he can outthink himself. I, he's got too many tools and too many toys to play with. I think you have to go San Francisco. I think San Francisco is a little bit overrated right now. People putting them in the top five teams in the league, but I see what they see. I like what they have on the field. I just can't go and lay seven and a half points unless I am sure that Kyler Murray isn't playing in this one. And again, Kyle Shannon doesn't get into his Although Cliff Kingsbury is just beautiful to bet against, especially against the spread. All right, guys, that's going to do it for week 11. Enjoy week 11. Make sure you check out my best bets coming up this week. I am now 5-0 and the last five weeks in the NFL. Go check that out. We'll be posting that on Believe Podcast Network. I'm Tom Barton for Sports Garden Network. We'll be back. You can bet on that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.